Hello, everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of The Shoe with Shukri Writes on Pacifica Radio Network. Wherever you may be, however you may be listening, thank you for making this show part of your routine. Always sincerely appreciate it. Hit me up on social media. Follow me on social media on Twitter at Shukri Writes at S-H-U-K-R-I-W-R-I-G-H-T-S. Instagram at srightsradio underscore at S-W-R-I-G-H-T-S-R-A-D-I-O. You know, happy NFL Draft Week. It's here. Finally. I'm telling you, it's finally here and I am excited. So excited to the point that I am going to lead off the show talking about the NFL Draft coming up because this is one of the more intriguing drafts that I can remember in particular for the quarterback class in recent memory. Because if you look up and down this list of quarterbacks who are slated to go in the first round, potentially early second round, the the talent level is deep. There's no question in my mind about that. We all know that Trevor Lawrence is going to go number one, unless something absolutely stunning happens on draft night, which I don't see happening at this point. You talk about Trevor Lawrence, you talk about Trey Lance, you talk about Mac Jones, you talk about Zach Wilson, you also talk about Kyle Trask. And I really wonder on draft night, whether it be day one or day two or even day three, where will these quarterbacks land? Because I think by now the general consensus is that Trevor Lawrence is going to go to Jacksonville as the number one overall pick. That's a universal agreement that everybody in sports media and the prognosticators have. But what I do wonder is what happens after number one. Number two, who will the New York Jets take? Will it be Zach Wilson out of BYU? Will it be Justin Fields? Will it be a Trey Lance? After all, they did trade Sam Darnold to the Carolina Panthers in a signal that told me that They're going into this new regime with Robert Saleh and Joe Douglas with a new quarterback. Question is, who? We'll find out on draft night, I'm pretty sure. Because they don't have a quarterback on their roster right now that that would suggest that that guy is ready to start for the New York Jets on week one. I don't see it. But if there is a team that I am absolutely concerned about, In terms of who will they take and who that may take, it's the New England Patriots. Yes, the New England Patriots, Bill Belichick, the dynasty that was, it's over now. The Patriots, they need a quarterback. There's no question in my mind that out of all of the teams in the top 15 picks, of the first round, who needs the quarterback the most? It's New England. San Francisco, do they really need a quarterback? Not really. I mean, considering that they have um, Jimmy Garoppolo there, the Jets, they need a quarterback, absolutely. Jacksonville, do they need a quarterback? Absolutely. But considering that the New England Patriots post-Tom Brady have already shown in year one that they failed without having an adequate quarterback, no disrespect to Cam Newton, but the guy is not the future. We've talked about 
how the Patriots, they need a quarterback. And they need to start planning for the future, especially post-2014 when they traded away Jimmy Garoppolo during the 2017 season. And I I say post-2014 because that was when Jimmy Garoppolo was drafted. Garoppolo was traded away to the Niners during the 2017 season. But ever since then, Belichick got exposed, especially last season, for not really having a true plan in place. Your plan was to wait until late June of last year to sign Cam Newton. How did that work? It didn't work well. And going into the 2021 draft, if I look at the Patriots and I say, the Patriots, out of all the needs that they have during the offseason that they needed to address, quarterback is the only glaring one and the biggest glaring hole on their roster that they did not address. Yes, they went out and they re-signed Cam Newton. But goodness grief, can we be honest for one moment, NFL fans, and admit that Cam Newton is not the long-term answer in New England? And even if Cam Newton is the bridge quarterback for the Patriots, who are they going to have start behind him in succession? Belichick has already shown me that he doesn't trust Jared Stidham. And for the Stidham fanboys out there and fangirls out there, let me give you this reminder right here and right now. Jared Stidham is not the future for the Patriots. I'm sorry. If anything last season showed me in terms of the New England Patriots and in terms of Bill Belichick's thinking, if you truly trusted Jared Stidham and you wanted to give him a fair shot, you would have started him at any point in the last three games of the regular season for the Patriots. That's a fact because by that point, you knew, we all knew, that the Patriots, they weren't going anywhere in 2020. Everybody knew that. So what facade were you trying to pull over the eyes of Patriot fans everywhere and NFL fans, given that everybody knew that the Patriots roster in 2020 was abysmal. They had a bunch of issues. They had more issues than a leaky faucet on a Sunday morning. Yet, 2021, here we are in late April. I am concerned that the one team that needs a quarterback in the most desperate way is not going to take a quarterback. Because you know what's funny? I've been reading rumors and I've been seeing rumors online on social media about the Patriots may go after a a top-tier player at a different position, say on defense, for example. And if you're a Patriots fan listening to this program, that should worry you tremendously. Listen, no one's questioning Bill Belichick's ability to draft a defense. I'm not. But given that post-Brady, Belichick did not look good in year one. Heck, even without Brady, he has a losing record without Brady as quarterback. If there was a time that the Patriots need to draft a quarterback, it would be now. Because next year, in the 2022 NFL draft, you're not going to have a quarterback in which that you see as, you know what, this guy is a -a once-in-a-generation talent like a Trevor Lawrence. Forget Trevor Lawrence for a moment. How about even a Trey Lance, a guy who could step in potentially and start right away in week one? depending on how well he learns the offense. I honestly wonder 
what is Bill Belichick's thinking in all of this? Because if anything that I've learned and I've realized now is that he doesn't value the quarterback. He does not value the quarterback. And I'm telling you now, and I've been hitting this nail in the coffin multiple times, that Bill Belichick's undoing in New England is going to be his inability to value the quarterback. I'm calling it right now because before I turn this into a whole rant, because this is not a rant, but understand this. If Belichick goes to another 7-9 and nine season, even with the improvements that they've made on offense and defense, you go out and you get a Matt Judon. You go out and you get the tight end Smith out of, from the Tennessee Titans. You go out and you get uh, Hunter Henry from the Chargers. You go out and you make all this improvement on offense and on defense. If you don't have a quarterback, you're screwed. And if Belichick goes to another 7-9 season with Cam Newton, I'm telling you now that the Patriots are going to be looking at Bill like, dude, now if you weren't on the hot seat before, now you're on the hot seat. Let's take a look at some of the quarterbacks that's going to be available for drafting on day one. We know that Trevor Lawrence, chances are he's going to go to Jacksonville. 99.9% unless Jacksonville somehow finds a way to miraculously screw this up. The New York Jets, chances are they may take Zach Wilson out of BYU. And I wouldn't fault them if they do. In fact, I expect them to. Considering that you look at Zach Wilson and what he's been able to do, especially last season where he threw for nearly 3,700 yards and 33 touchdowns in just three interceptions. So you right off the bat, you talk about tremendous touchdown to interception ratio. He doesn't turn the ball over. And for a guy like Robert Saleh, who is a defensive-minded coach, but yet I wouldn't put past him in terms of his ability to draft and acquire talent on the offensive side of the ball. I think Zach Wilson is that guy that the New York Jets may very well draft. However, let's go and look at guys like Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Mac Jones, and as well as Kyle Trask. Those four guys in particular. Because those four guys, I look at and I say, those four can fall anywhere down the draft order in the first round. Now, the first two picks, we all know that's solidified. We talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to take Trevor Lawrence. New York Jets, I think they will, in fact, take Zach Wilson out of BYU. Number three, the Niners. They have a controversy in San Francisco. Do they truly believe in Jimmy Garoppolo being the guy? The answer to that quickly is no. So I think they're going to draft a new quarterback that, that will be more under Kyle Shanahan's liking in San Francisco. The Falcons, do they need a quarterback right now? No. They're still set with Matt Ryan, but they absolutely need to start thinking three to four years down the line after Matt Ryan. But is there an immediate need to draft a quarterback? The answer is no. The Cincinnati Bengals, they're all set with, with Joe Burrows. That I will tell you up front. So they don't need a quarterback. But number six, I think it's going to be absolutely fascinating because the Miami Dolphins have that pick currently. And we've heard rumblings during the offseason that 
the locker room does not fully believe in Tua Tagovailoa being the, the long-term starter in Miami. If that's the locker room saying that and the attitude in the locker room now, then I don't think the organization is going to seriously consider Tua being the long-term answer. So let's go back to the four quarterbacks that we talked about after the first two, um, the first two quarterback prospects that are going to be taken. Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Mac Jones, and Kyle Trask. If you're Miami, I think you'd take a long, hard look at Mac Jones. This is a guy who has shown you that he, at Alabama, has the ability to make completions and as well as be accurate with his passes as he completed 77.4% of his passes. And he's got an arm. And that's something that I know that Tua, also being an Alabama guy, he also was not known for having the biggest arm, but I also do think that Mac Jones is a bit more of a polished quarterback than Tua Takavailoa. So I think Miami takes Mac Jones at number six. Now, number seven, Detroit. They just traded for Jared Goff. They traded away uh, Matthew Stafford to get Jared Goff in that deal earlier this offseason. So they're all set at quarterback. Number eight, the Carolina Panthers. They just acquired Sam Darnold from the New York Jets. So they're all set at that position. Number nine, Denver. You look at the Denver Broncos, you say, yeah, they need a quarterback. And John Elway is on his last strike. Because let me tell you something. Post Peyton Manning, Denver has been absolutely brutal. Brutal to watch in terms of the quarterback position. So now, as I just mentioned, I have Mac Jones going to Miami. Now let's look at the other three that are still left on my board in terms of the teams of who they can go to. Justin Fields, Trey Lance, and as well as Kyle Trask. Those three guys. I think that Denver will end up taking Justin Fields. I really believe it. And after all, do I think that would be a good fit? Yes. I think that could potentially be a good fit as long as they are able to make sure that they have the offensive line that can protect Justin Fields because in the AFC West, you're going up against defenses and you're going to go up against a quarterback, some guy named Patrick Mahomes, and a defense like Kansas City that will be able to hunt and eat young quarterbacks for lunch if they are not properly taken care of. So I do think Denver will take Justin Fields at, at that number nine position. Number 10, Dallas, they don't need a quarterback. They have a quarterback long-term in Dak Prescott. Number 11, the New York Giants, they don't need a quarterback. But, but I think that's an interesting dilemma the New York Giants will be entering the 2021 NFL draft in. Do they fully believe in Daniel Jones? That's the question that I would pose. And if you're the New York Giants and if you're Joe Judge and if you're Dave Gettleman, you're asking, who do you take at number 11? Do you go after a quarterback or do you continue to build around Daniel Jones? And especially considering that you're going to have a healthy Saquon Barkley returning for the 2021 NFL season, I think the New York Giants are set at quarterback. So that takes us to number 12. The Philadelphia Eagles, do they need a quarterback? No. Number 13, the Chargers, they are all set at the quarterback position. They don't need a quarterback. 
Justin Herbert is their answer. They, that is their guy. Number 14, the Minnesota Vikings. I think they do need a quarterback because, let's be honest, we all know that Kirk Cousins is very average at best when it comes to playing under the bright lights of prime time and the NFL playoffs. That's not an opinion. That's a fact. And I think that when you look at the quarterbacks that might be available still, on my board, there's only two left. That's Trey Lance and as well and as well as Kyle Trask. I think that if you are the Minnesota Vikings, you take Trey Lance. You take Trey Lance because after all, I get that this is a guy who started just 17 college games. And by the way, all 17 of those games were all against FCS competition. But let's look at the pure talent that this man has. We all know that this man, he's got pretty good size. He's six foot four, 224. He did not run a 40-yard dash on his pro day, which leads me to believe that I think that he may be below average in terms of speed, but he was reportedly clocked at 21.5 miles per hour during a 44-yard touchdown run during the FCS National Championship game. So I do think that the Minnesota Vikings, they do take Trey Lance at number 14, which now brings me to number 15, the New England Patriots. As I mentioned earlier during this segment, I am genuinely concerned. I am genuinely concerned what the Patriots will do number 15 because the guys that I have predicted in terms of where they will go, they will be gone by number 15. I'm willing to bet money on it if I was a betting man, by the way, but I'm not. So the guy who I look at left, the who's left, who could potentially be a target that the Patriots consider, Kyle Trask. What exactly, like, would you do if you're New England? If he is the next best option, or if not, what about Kellen Mond of Texas A&M? And listen, I like the guy and that he has a bigger arm than his size may indicate, considering that he is 6'2", 6'3", 205. But I do wonder that Kellen Mond might be an interesting pick for the Patriots if the Patriots decide to go after a quarterback after all. Because I'm going to tell you this right now. If the Patriots decide that they're going to go after a defensive player at number 15, I'm going to absolutely flip. I'm going to flip. Because if you're telling me that Cam Newton is your guy for 2021 and that he might be your guy moving forward, the Patriots... They're going to be screwing themselves around left and right and turn themselves into a pretzel. And trust me, I live in New England. I live in Boston. And people are not going to be happy about that at all. So I think that Kyle Trask could be available for the Patriots number 15. And I think he ends up with the Patriots at number 15. But Kellerman is another intriguing option. And as well as Davis Mills out of Stanford as well and Felipe Franks out of Arkansas. So I think those guys could be potential options, but I think Kyle Trask will end up in New England as the future guy, the future starting quarterback for the New England Patriots. Man, I'm telling you, this NFL draft has got me so excited because just the uncertainty, because outside of the number two pick, 
and wish that the Jets have. And outside of number one, you know that Trevor Lawrence going number one and Zach Wilson, there's a chance he may go number two. Outside of those two, it is wide open. Anything can happen. I'm willing to predict there will be two trades. There will be two trades that happens in the top 15 that shakes up the draft. I'm willing to bet on it because teams may be looking to trade down, especially teams that don't need a quarterback. They may look to trade down. A team like Atlanta, for example, a team like Cincinnati, for example, they may trade down in the draft in the first round. And there may be opportunities for teams to trade up to go get themselves a quarterback. Teams like, for example, Denver, who needs a quarterback, the Giants, eh, they might need a quarterback, but we'll see what Dave Gettleman's got up his sleeves. Or even the Patriots, for the fact of the matter. Or even Minnesota. Those two teams that are, that are currently ranked at 14 and 15, respectively. Minnesota at 14, New England at 15. They may need a quarterback. They may trade up. But with Bill Belichick, is that a sure thing right now? Not necessarily. But that remains to be seen. Coming up next. There's a team in Major League Baseball that I sincerely wonder, are they snake-bitten in terms of pitching? I want to tell you why I bring that topic to the forefront. That and much more coming up next right here on The Shoe with Shukri Rights on Pacifica Radio Network and available on demand on iHeartRadio. John, we can't keep putting this off. Okay, I'll clean the gutters. I'm talking about your dad. Well, what can we do? He wants to stay in his house. We can make his house safer. Yeah, I worry about the steps. Perfect world, there are no steps, but he does have steps. And that banister only goes halfway up. And all those little throw rugs are falls waiting to happen. So what about his prescription meds? If he forgets and takes them twice, he could get really dizzy. Right. We could get him one of those daily pill counters. And he should have some sturdy hand grips in the bathroom and shower. This is all easy to do. You know he's a proud guy. He's not going to take all our fussing lying down. That's the idea. For older people, falling and breaking a hip can be devastating. For more tips on making homes safer, visit orthoinfo.org slash falls. A message from the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons and the Orthopedic Trauma Association. Now please, clean the gutters. Just be careful on the ladder. This is the sound of a brand new outdoor grill being hurled off a 20-story building. Now a stylish glass coffee table. An electric guitar. These are the things you could enjoy all cast into oblivion. Because when you throw away money on wasted electricity, you throw away everything you could have bought with it. Visit energysavers.gov and get tips on how to save energy and money. Then do things like switch to Energy Star light bulbs or Energy Star appliances, and you could save hundreds of dollars a year. So this doesn't happen to the recliner you've had your eye on. Or this to the treadmill on your wish list. Or this to the shiny new bike your kid's been asking for. Saving energy saves you money. Learn more at energysavers.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Energy and the Ad Council. I spend a lot of time in the backyard. And I'm the center of attention at summer barbecues. In 96, I made some of the tastiest s'mores you've ever had. In 01, we stayed up all night telling ghost stories with the neighbors. 
Yeah, I know I've got a bit of wear and tear. And sadly, in 09, it was me. Your backyard fire pit that accidentally started a wildfire. When a summer breeze carried one of my embers into some dry brush. Sparks from an improperly extinguished fire pit can start a wildfire. Spark a change, not a wildfire. Visit SmokeyBear.com, brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Only you can prevent wildfires. Can you tell if the surfaces in this kitchen are crawling with bacteria that could cause chronic arthritis? Listen. Can't, can you? You can't see it either. Wash surfaces, utensils, and hands frequently with soapy water while preparing food, especially when handling raw meats or eggs. Raw food may contain bacteria that can make you very sick or worse. One in six Americans will get sick from food poisoning this year, and roughly 3,000 will die. But you can keep your family safer by cleaning with soap and water as you go. Learn more about this and other important information. Check your steps at foodsafety.gov. That's foodsafety.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Agriculture, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the show with Shukri Writes on Pacifica Radio Network as well as On Demand on iHeartRadio. As you just heard, all editions of the show with Shukri Writes is available on demand as part of the Shukri Writes podcast, which you can find on iHeartRadio and wherever else you get your podcasts as well. Now, there is something interesting about baseball. Baseball has a tendency to show that despite the success that a team may have, there's always that one aspect of a team that seems to be rather snake-bitten. Now, baseball history is so interesting for a variety of reasons. One of them in which is because we tend to see it happen again and again and again, and we don't even realize it. I'm going to give you an actual case in point. You know how with the New York Mets for a number of years, this is not like has nothing to do with the current New York Mets at all. But historically, you know how the New York Mets for years were that team in which that they absolutely could never buy a no hitter. I mean, <laughs> look at some of the greatest pitchers in their history. Tom Seaver, Hall of Famer, the late Tom Seaver, that is. He had to leave, and he went to Cincinnati before he threw his no-hitter, which came on June 16, 1978, against the St. Louis Cardinals at Old Riverfront Stadium. Remember Doc Gooden? Yeah. Doc Gooden was that dude in New York in the mid-'80s. He came up in 1984 was electric to begin his career. But we all know his story about his use of cocaine and and his drug addiction and and drug problems. The Yankees gave him a chance. The late George Steinbrenner brought him in prior to the start of the 1996 season, a season that Yankee fans will never forget as they won their first World Series in 
in 18 years at that time. And during that championship season, Dwight Gooden threw a no-hitter, something that he failed to do with the New York Mets. And the list goes on and on and on about pitchers who who had tremendous success with the New York Mets but could not have a no-hitter with the team. But this example that I'm about to bring up of a team that's currently snake-bitten in terms of pitching and as well as pitchers achieving success after they leave the original team that they played for, the Pittsburgh Pirates. Because, you know, I saw an article over the weekend in which that really got me thinking. And it got me thinking along the lines of, as I mentioned earlier in this segment about how the New York Mets, they've had tremendous pitchers in their history. And I mentioned Tom Seaver. I mentioned Dwight Gooden. And I also got to mention Nolan Ryan as well, who, by the way, threw a record, what, seven no-hitters in his career. None of them with the New York Mets, by the way. That there's something to be said about pitchers who leave a particular team after not having much success with that team, or should I say, not being able to find their full potential with that team and going elsewhere and succeeding, the Mets are on top of that list. But the Pittsburgh Pirates, they are becoming that team as well. I'm going to give you a reason why. I'm sorry, Pirate fans, but this is about to be painful. Remember remember some guy named Joe Musgrove? Yeah, that Joe Musgrove. That same Joe Musgrove who threw the first no-hitter in San Diego Padres history just, just a few weeks ago. Yeah, that same Joe Musgrove who struck out 13 uh, Milwaukee Brewers in his, in his most recent start. Yeah, that Joe Musgrove. But what is astounding just to think about is... You look at some of the guys who recently left Pittsburgh and either they were traded away or they went to go sign elsewhere. Some of these guys that is on this list, you could make a case that this is an all-star rotation. I'm going to give you some of the names that have recently left Pittsburgh and that have become legitimate big league stars on the mound. You may remember a guy named Garrett Cole who left Pittsburgh and found success in Houston and now with the New York Yankees as well, who, by the way, has now set the record for most strikeouts in the first four starts of a regular season in Major League history. Charlie Morton, who went through a bit of a rebirth post-Pittsburgh after everything that he went through in terms of the arm injuries and so forth. Remember Tyler Glass now? That dude who absolutely had electric stuff but was finally able to harness all of it together and finally become the pitcher that he now is with the Tampa Bay Rays. And now Joe Musgrove. So that's four guys in recent memory who have left Pittsburgh like Charlie Morton, Garrett Cole, Tyler Glass now, and Joe Musgrove and wish that you can make a legitimate case that's an all-star rotation, that in itself, that they have found success 
and consistent success upon leaving Pittsburgh. There is something going on here. I don't know what it is. But I want to particularly talk about Joe Musgrove for a moment because Joe Musgrove is a guy that he had to make adjustments. And there's a terrific article that was written, that's on MLB.com, that was written by Mike Petriello. This was written on April 24th, 2021. And he is becoming that breakout pitcher that many people believe that he could become. And I think there's something to be said for a guy who needed to change scenery in order to finally discover what he is fully capable of. And I think there's something to be said about that in sports. You know, athletes, they tend to be drafted by a particular team in a particular environment, but for some reason, it just doesn't work. So they either get traded or they get released and they go elsewhere. And it worked out perfectly for them. It happens a lot. In baseball, there's no exception. There's no exception to that. And I want to use a baseball example to further, to further my point. I want you to think about this for a moment. One guy that comes to mind, I'm using a position player for an example. Go look at a guy like Scott Brocious, for example. Scott Brocious, prior to going to the Yankees, was with the Oakland A's. And he had one horrible season in 1997 where he wasn't hitting and his defense was not up to the caliber standard that he had held himself to and what happens he goes to the Yankees and in 1998 as the team's number nine hitter he drives in 98 runs and then oh by the way all he does in October is go on to win the World Series MVP in a four-game sweep over the San Diego Padres sorry Padre fans and there's a ton of other examples in baseball history that proves my point now going back to pitchers We've seen this happen with pitchers before. And the one guy that actually comes to mind is Randy Johnson. Think about this for a moment. Randy Johnson got drafted by the Montreal Expos. He got drafted by Montreal. But he didn't become a star right away. People people tend to forget that. It took a few years and change of scenery, ironically enough, in order for him to become arguably top five most dominant left-handed pitchers the baseball has ever seen. He became dominant with Seattle starting in 1993, but he really became a star in 1995. So my point is, is that we've seen examples throughout history time and time and time again where players, especially pitchers, will leave an environment and go elsewhere and have better success and be able to put it all together. This happens more often than you and I have realized. But Pittsburgh, for some reason, you look at what they had, like Charlie Morton, Garrett Cole, Tyler Glassdown, and Joe Musgrove. 
Do you think that if they were able to keep all four of those guys and that those guys were able to become the pitchers that they are now, but with the Pirates, that we would be looking at the Pittsburgh Pirates as a whole with a different lens and a different eye considering that this is an organization that could absolutely draft, develop pitchers and win with those homegrown pitchers? The answer to that is yes. We'd look at them much differently. But, however, they've earned the distinction of an organization that can that can draft talented pitchers but can't harness them and turning them into the pitchers that they know that, that they can be. We've seen four examples of that now. As I mentioned with Charlie Morton, Garrett Cole, Tyler Glass now, and Joe Musgrove. We've seen examples of that now. But Musgrove in particular, what what you're seeing is a guy whose breakout began in 2019. In fact, in this article, it was it was discussed that the date right of after August 21st, 2019, he allowed, I'm sorry, sorry, Joe Musgrove, he allowed six runs in five innings in what was an 11-1 loss to Washington Nationals. And that was the 95th start of Joe Musgrove's career, including the time he spent in Houston before going to Pittsburgh as part of the Garrett Cole trade in 2018. And here's the numbers from the first 95 games of his career. Ready? First 95 games, 4.47 earned run average, 20.9% strikeout rate, holding opponents to a, a .749 OPS, on base plus slugging percentage. The next 13 games after, almost a full run difference, 3.46 ERA, a 31% strikeout rate, and holding opponents to a 683 OPS. Again, for the younger audience, that's on base plus slugging percentage. Very noticeable. And then, mind you, this is not including his time as a Padre at all. But what I'm saying is that like, what you see and what you saw was a guy whose strikeout rate was increasing. And that once he made the adjustment in his delivery, there was an uptick in his velocity in his fastball. So I look at a guy like Joe Musgrove and I say, wow, this guy has had the stuff. All he needed was to make the proper adjustments and that his strikeout rate through the first four years while still in Pittsburgh was not terrible, but it wasn't impressive either. It's it's amazing. It's amazing because... I think the biggest adjustment that he's made is that if you do a side-by-side comparison and you see how he delivers the ball and you see like when he's you know dropping down to get ready to to release the ball over the top that he has a, a straight arm coming down but now in 2021 you see that his arm is a little bit at a 90 degree angle as he's as he's dropping down on his backside as he's getting ready to deliver the ball towards home plate. So I look at Joe Musgrove and I say, why wasn't he make, able to make that adjustment in Pittsburgh? Do you think setting had a lot to do with it? Possibly. 
And then don't forget, his fastball velocity through August 21st, 92.4 miles per hour. And then the remaining starts, 94.3 miles per hour. By the way, keep in mind that the cutoff date was August 21st, 2019. That was that was the, the cutoff point. Prior to tw- the August 21st, 92.4. Post, 94.3. That in itself is absolutely amazing and impressive in its right. And you know what's interesting? I think there's something to be said about... Joe Musgrove, and I think Joe Musgrove's breakout is a sign of things to come potentially for the San Diego Padres. And you're talking about a Padres team that already has an impressive rotation in terms of in terms of like talent alone. We'll see what happens with Demis and Lamette in terms of his ability to return back from injury healthy. But you look at you, Darvish, Blake Snell, and now Joe Musgrove, and then don't forget Chris Paddock as well. How do you not like the arms that the Padres have in their rotation? And I think that there's something to be said about when you look at Joe Musgrove in terms of just stuff. Where would you say that there will be a connection between him and Cleveland Indians pitcher, starting pitcher, Shane Bieber, who, by the way, is the reigning American League Cy Young Award winner from 2020. Bieber right now, he's one of the top three pitchers in baseball right now. Who are the other two that you would say? And I did say top three. I didn't say that he was number one. That number one distinction goes to Jacob DeGrom of the New York Mets. That's not up for debate. Number two, Corbin Burns of the Milwaukee Brewers. Another guy who I look at and I say, wow. They have some studs in that in a top two in the top two of the rotation in Milwaukee. And as well as Joe Musgrove. Musgrove is definitely in that in that conversation, I think. And by the end of the season, if Musgrove continues his ascension as a pitcher, there's no question in my mind that Joe Musgrove will become one of the best pitchers in the National League if he isn't already, given what he's done to start the 2021 regular season. Coming up next. There is a team that I believe that might bode trouble in the NHL in the Mass Mutual Eastern Division. I'm going to tell you exactly what that team is, plus much more. Coming up next, right here on The Shoe with Shukri Writes on Pacifica Radio Network. Take a look under your bed. Find stuff under there? What about jobs? No? Now try your basement. There's a pair of overalls that overall you're not so into anymore. A perfectly good laptop that hasn't sat in your lap in months. And even more stuff, but still no jobs? Well, you really have both. See, stuff is defined as household articles considered as a group. Sometimes this stuff is no longer needed. Wait, no longer needed? That can't be right. Because remember those jobs you were looking for? Those are really needed, and they're the stuff inside your stuff even inside that winter coat that moved with you to Phoenix. Our job is to unlock those jobs, and it starts when you donate your stuff to your local Goodwill. Here's how we do it. When you donate to Goodwill, we sell your stuff to provide job training for people right here in your community. So just by teaming up with Goodwill, you help create jobs. And isn't that worth parting with the leftover keytar from your 80s cover band? Goodwill. Donate stuff, create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at Goodwill.org. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. 
Chris, can you put the video game controller down for a second? I can talk and play. Oh, I'm totally annihilating this punk kid in Nebraska. I just feel like you're not acting like a grown-up in our relationship. Am too, am too. Well, you know, you still ride your skateboard to work. There's the comic book collection, the race car bed. Look, I'm young at heart, but I put money to my 401k every paycheck. I picked up a few savings tips at feedthepig.org. I have control of my financial life now, and that feels pretty grown up. Put away a few bucks, feel like a million bucks. Putting some money from every paycheck into a savings account or contributing to your 401k can make a big difference later. For free ideas and easy tips on ways to save, go to feedthepig.org. That's feedthepig.org. So, I bet I look like a grown up to you now. Well, except for the footy pajamas, I'd have to agree. This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. This is the city where danger lurks. Today, a new creature walks among us, causing fear, mayhem, and injury. Stay back, children. Mommy, I'm scared. Look out for the dreaded digital deadwalkers. They're not looking out for you. With faces pressed against their little handheld devices, they put all good citizens in harm's way. Hey, pal. Pardon you. The digital deadwalkers are multiplying. Until their behavior patterns can be modified, the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons warns all innocent people to stay alert. Better yet, to step up and speak out. Oh, hey, dude. I'm walking here. Oh, I, sorry. I didn't see you. A public service message from the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons, who want to keep everyone well-connected with healthy bones. When I grow up, I want to be a new pair of blue jeans. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's first computer. When I grow up, I want to be a glass countertop in a new home. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's best birthday present. When I grow up, I want to be a football stadium. When I grow up, I want to be a warm place on a cold day. When I grow up, I want to be a fancy backsplash. I, I want to be a bike that races around the when country. When I grow up, I want to be a bench on a forest when I trail. Grow up, I want to be a rocking chair on when a sunny I up, porch. I want to be a skyscraper. I want to be a... I want to be a... I want to be a... I want to be When I grow up, I don't want to be a piece of garbage. And if you recycle me... I won't be. Give your garbage another life. Recycle. Learn how at IWantToBeRecycled.org. A public service advertisement brought to you by Keep America Beautiful and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the show with Shukri Rights on Pacifica Radio Network. During this segment, I did say during the last segment um, as a tease that I was going to talk about why there is one team that could be dangerous, potentially dangerous now in the Mass Mutual Eastern Division, but I'm actually going to put that um, that topic on hold because uh, during the break, I actually got word about some major news. This is courtesy of Bob McKenzie, the legendary NHL insider for TSN and also does phenomenal work for the NHL on NBC. This tweet came in about... Not long ago, it happened while I was um, putting in the uh, the PSA break for the show that the major news that broke was 
It says, according to Bob McKenzie of TSN in Canada, he tweeted that, quote, on April 26, not official by any means, but I'm hearing NHL's new secondary American broadcast partner is likely to be TNT, which, of course, produces the NBA on TNT. ESPN is the NHL's new NHL primary American broadcast partner. So, based on that alone, let me break this down to you. Now, I I never got the chance to really talk about this at length, but I'm going to do it now. So, the day that the news broke that the NHL is returning to ESPN and ABC this coming fall of this year, 2021, I was jumping for joy, and I'm still jumping for joy. That means the Stanley Cup Finals will be on four of the seven years of the new TV deal with the NHL. The Stanley Cup Finals will be exclusively on ABC. I'm excited for that. The only other thing that would make me even more excited is if they somehow brought back Gary Thorne and convinced Gary Thorne, who, by the way, is a broadcasting free agent right now. He's no longer calling games for the Baltimore Orioles. That also plays a large determination and factor into it as well. And Gary Thorne himself said it that he's interested. If ESPN were to come to him and say that, hey, we're interested in bringing you back to call NHL games to be our lead NHL on ESPN ABC voice, he's interested. But the big news is that TNT may likely be the now, the the secondary TV partner in the United States broadcasting NHL games, which also means that the NHL on NBC will be no more at the conclusion of the, the 2021 Stanley Cup Finals. I mean, the news is not official. I just want to make that abundantly clear. But based on hearing that, but it is official that the that NBC has officially pulled out of bidding for the secondary um the secondary bidding for the secondary package which is which is really a tragedy because I thought the NHL and NBC did a tremendous job over the last 15 years covering the NHL, especially going back to when Versus, which is now NBCSN, was Broadcasting some of the NHL Stanley Cup finals on the cable network. They've done a really great job in terms of growing the game on a national level here in the United States. But I do wonder this, though. Who is going to broadcast the Winter Classic over the next several years now that the that the NBC will no longer be carrying the NHL as of July? I think it's a fair question to ask because, if anything, that now makes me look at ESPN and ABC and I say, are you going to carry the, the Winter Classic? Because the Winter Classic is not going away. Ever since the Winter Classic made its debut in 2008, it has been absolutely a success on an every-year basis, especially when you talk about the TV product. Every year it's been on it's been on. NBC exclusively that it has been played. 
2008, 2009, 2010, 2011, 2012, 2013. It wasn't played because of the because of the, the lockout. 2014, 15, 16, 17, 18, and 19 as well. It wasn't played, and it was played in 2020, but it wasn't played in 2021. NBC has broadcasted all of those Winter Classic games. Now, with NBC officially no longer in the in the running for broadcasting NHL games at the conclusion of this year's Stanley Cup Finals, once it ramps up in, sometime in early July, who do you think takes over? Do you think it's going to be TNT or maybe Fox enters the, the bidding for the NHL secondary um, TV deal? Remember, ESPN is the primary home for the NHL here in the United States. As of as of this fall, so I think it's an important question to ask. And as a hockey fan, how do you feel about it? Honestly, if TNT were to get the secondary deal, TV deal to broadcast NHL, I don't think I would be entirely against it. But it doesn't feel sexy, if you will. I was thinking maybe perhaps a, a network like Fox, who, by the way, used to broadcast the NHL in the 90s for the younger audience who may or may not even know this. Yes, the NHL was broadcasted on Fox in the 90s. That is a true story. The NHL used to be on Fox back in the day. The NHL used to have the Fox Game of the Week in terms of the NHL, depending on where you are, you'll get to see a, a team, a, a matchup A versus B, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I think Fox would be a better TV partner than TNT. I don't know how TNT would handle covering the NHL if they were, in fact, to officially get that secondary TV deal. And what would that secondary TV deal look like? Streaming, network coverage, where games would air. I mean, I'm sure TNT, TBS, True TV, they're all part of the Turner Network family. But I have a hard time believing that perhaps that that Turner would be able to get the talent and be able to accumulate the talent to bring an outstanding level of coverage that it deserves. Listen, with all due respect to Charles Barkley, he's an NBA guy. He's not an NHL guy. I mean, he's an NHL fan, but how is his NHL knowledge? Can he break down the Dallas Stars? Can he break down the Colorado Avalanche power play? Can he break down what the Tampa Bay Lightning does well? what they're able to do. Can can he do all of those things? I don't know. So for those who are just tuning in or t- listening to this program late, I'm talking about the news that was broke by Bob McKenzie. This came in as breaking news that the that NBC has pulled out of the bidding for the secondary TV deal to broadcast NHL games and that there's a strong likelihood that TNT is going to take over that secondary TV deal to broadcast NHL games in the United States. That's huge. That is very huge news. But I'm curious if that is, in fact, official in terms of TNT getting 
the secondary deal, what would the coverage look like? Where, what network would they broadcast the games on apart from TNT? Because keep in mind, this may sound like a silly question, but keep in mind, ESPN is not primarily carrying all of the games. ESPN will broadcast 25 of those games. ESPN ABC. And then ESPN Plus is going to be broadcasting and streaming the other 75 games. That's part of the deal. But then the Stanley Cup playoffs, that, that'll be on ESPN and ABC. That's the primary deal. So if TNT were to do the other three years, okay, what network would they be broadcasting the Stanley Cup finals on? Because if it's one thing that we've seen with the NHL, especially over the last 20-plus years, they will not allow the Seneca Finals to be broadcasted solely on cable television. That's not an option. That is not an option. So if TNT is going to get that secondary deal, they are going to have to figure out what network under the Turner Broadcasting umbrella will be able to carry the Seneca Finals games in terms of network affiliates across the country? Because I think that's a legitimate question and something to think about as an NHL fan. So with that being said, the news breaking from Bob McKenzie, the NHL on NBC, they will not be returning to broadcasting games beginning next season and that there is a likelihood that... TNT will be broadcasting the NHL and getting the secondary American TV deal to broadcast NHL games beginning this 2021-2022 NHL season. That's going to do it for this edition of The Shoe with Shukri Rights on Pacifica Radio Network. Reminder, you can listen to this show and all programs of The Shoe with Shukri Rights on Pacifica Radio Network on demand on iHeartRadio as part of the Shukri Rights podcast. Look forward to talking to you again next time. Take care, everybody. And to all Muslims, Ramadan Mubarak.